Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hello out there. Hello, Kyle. You know, that was a tough one last night. It's a tough one, but, man, there's a lot of crybaby stuff going on. Like, just watching the the reaction of the fans during losses is stunning to me still like what are, the, what are the expectations kyle to win to win I we get, set them yesterday on this show we were like hey they should probably pull these dudes out look who's not playing we played a game where we said who's gonna play for the miami heat i get it i get it but when a team doesn't win and then you're watching the game and like i don't know how you walk away from that game going oh they didn't play hard oh they didn't do this or that like i don't think that was it I think number one, you ran out of gas, and that happens. That's not an it's See, not an I, excuse. I I have a hard time with the ran out of gas thing because they overcame a twenty point fourth quarter deficit. Yeah, they got a second wind, Kyle. <laughs> they got a second wind. No, I just like I'm watching the game and I'm like, okay, look, you got punched in the third quarter. You got punched yeah, hard, definitely. and it was and it was all predicated on a very strange substitution from Eric Spolstra, which I thought, oh, well, that's not going to work. And just to reveal everything, I blame Kyle 100% for this loss. This one is all on Kyle. Whoa! It's all on Kyle. Why? What did you say about Kevin Love in the first quarter? Guys washed. (laughs) He looked a little washed. I blame Kyle because what did I respond? You're like, yeah, until he drops nine and seven in 15 minutes. Yeah, and what does he do? 19 and seven. You were close. When they put in Kevin Love in the third quarter alongside alongside Bam Adebayo mm-hmm. and not instead of Bam, it, it set off the balance of the game, and the Kings didn't respond well. They didn't know how to respond, and Kevin Love just kept running over people and not getting called for it. And it was brutal to watch, mm-hmm. but the Kings took too long to make an adjustment. And by the time they they did make the adjustment, it was already like a, a sixteen or eighteen point game. It's yeah. like boom, 
Like yeah. and, and Kevin Love is a multi-time All-Star. Like he's he's old now, but he can go out there for 15 minutes and give it to you. Apparently, that's what happened. <laughs> the first the first the first play I saw him, he played 40 seconds in the first quarter. And he like he had a turnover in that span and then it felt like every time Kevin Love got the ball the first two minutes he was in the game, it's like, man, this is just not like, oh, yeah. Like this is their, this is their backup center option tonight. Mm. Like this is really what they're, what they're working with down low. And then he just turned into prime Kevin Love for prime. the rest of, for the other 13 minutes he played. Yeah. It was just like, shocking. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, 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 I looked, by me. Maybe I let the gray hair fool me. I, I was surprised to see that he's averaging like almost nine points a game coming into the night and. Like so, it's not like he hasn't had good games. Yeah, he's just kind of there. Well, yeah, he is just kind of. Hey, he here's what here's what like I thought. Eight years, he's just kind of been there. Right. Here's what I here's what I thought okay. last night about Kevin Love specifically, and we'll get into the Kings. But what I thought last night was, hey, here's a guy who doesn't play very much for this team. He has a very specific role. He's going to grab some rebounds. He's going to hit some threes. But he's a traffic cone on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he's just not—he's just not a super impactful offensive player anymore. However, <laughs> when he comes into that game and has to play what looks like is going to be more minutes than normal in a bigger role than he normally has, it's like, man, I don't think he can do that anymore. And like I said, swing and a miss, bad take by me. It, it's okay. It's my, it's my I, bad. It, it so we can I all blame feel, Kyle. I would feel worse. I would feel worse if Jaime Jaquez hadn't had a twenty point second half. Yeah, and if Bam Adebayo hadn't had a seventeen point first half. It was the physicality that the Miami Heat played with that yeah. was the difference. It yeah. was Jaime Jaquez literally running through people, and Bam Adebayo just enforcing his will and getting to the mm-hmm. rim again and again. Kevin Love barreling through people, mm-hmm. and to be honest with you. That was the Miami Heat's only option. Their yeah, only option in this game was to try to out-physical a team on the second night of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they did it. And then for a brief moment, the Kings were like, okay, we have to make an adjustment. Let's just speed everything up yeah. and run past them. And boom, boom, boom. Plus, the Kings struggle with their zone. It's tough. You say, well, yep. why don't you know their zone? It's like, well, because you play that team twice a year. Right. They're the only yeah. team in the league that runs that specific zone. It's sure. very different. And you didn't have time to prep for it. Mm-hmm. All you had was a walkthrough. And and you didn't even really have that because you're on the second night of a back-to-back. Yep. The, the team doesn't have a shoot-around. They don't do any of that stuff. And so you didn't really even have time to prep for them. All of the emphasis the last three days for the Sacramento Kings was on beating the Los Angeles Clippers. So, like, look, I, I don't think I'm making excuses here. I, I think I watched a team that was physical, that ha- they were up against a wall, and came out punching. Yeah, and that's what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Was you have to match that intensity. Yeah. And through that stretch of the third quarter, Sacramento didn't. And that was the biggest difference to me, the glaring difference. The The Kings are are more talented than that version of the Heat we saw last night. And we, I, I, I struggle with the, like, I understand back-to-backs are hard. Like, that's why teams don't like them. But I watched this very same Sacramento team not two weeks ago 
walk into Denver on the second night of a back-to-back in elevation and go beat the defending champs and figure out a way to win that game. Yeah. So that's where I have a hard time being like, well, that's just, you know, it's a back-to-back. So that that just doesn't quite track to me. The thing that jumped out to me and the biggest takeaway I had from this game, and this is not, I'm not punting on the Kings this season. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that, oh, they're back or, oh, they're not back or or whatever it is. But the the glaring difference between those two teams last night, and I've said this before about the Kings, is I feel like Sacramento needs some dogs. And I, I don't I don't mean that phrase like like joke. I just don't have a better word for it. The, some guys who just bring that intensity. Oh, yeah. Just play in and play out. Miami, every player on Miami looked like last night was game seven of the finals. Whether they were are really good NBA players or not, like Jaime Hawkes is gonna is gonna be really good for a long time. Oh, he is. Bam Adebayo is is really really good. Uh, but outside of outside of that, like Caleb Martin can play for sure. But like Haywood Highsmith, that's that's a fine player. But I mean, he approached last night's game with an intensity that allowed him to play probably a little bit above his head. Yeah. And if the Kings had two guys with that intensity, I think it dramatically changes what we think about this very same team. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, if I'm the Kings, we we talk about what would you give up for Mikhail Bridges? What would you give up for OG Ananobi? Man, I'll tell you, I would give up a hand, I don't know, two, three first-round picks for Jaime Jaquez. Yeah. That dude right there is a type of player that they need. He's the gritty glue dude. And when we, I've said this forever, go get me a Martin twin. I don't care which one. Just go get me either Martin twin. (laughs) I'll take any Martin twin. You need that 6'6", 6'7", versatility, guy who plays multiple positions, guy who does all the dirty work, you need that type of player. And mm-hmm. I, I know some people are like, hey, why didn't they throw Kessler Edwards out there? Uh, Kessler Edwards is not that type of player. He's he not. might he might be a defensive guy, but he's not a five-tool, right. you know, like the toolsy guys. Like, he's built like that kind of player. Like he has the right build, but yes. the, the skill set is not the same. Yeah, it's the jack-of-all-trades guy, you know, jack-of-all-trades, master of none, mm-hmm. that the Kings lack. Mm-hmm. What they have is a bunch of guys who have, like, masteries in offensive skills yes they don't have that all-around guy and and if you do it's chris duarte and those skills just aren't there yet yeah and so you have this like struggle and that's i i think who the kings thought they were getting when they when they traded for chris duarte mm-hmm. they thought they were basically getting like the third martin twin at sure. the martin tw- triplet, <laughs> triplet? <laughs> no but that's what they were hoping for right sure but it just hasn't worked out and even though he wasn't horrible last night i mean that's where I'm at. Like on occasion, you're going to get beat by a physical team that comes in mm-hmm. and you have, you're on the second night of a back to back an emotional win against a really good team that you let back in. And then all your starters had to play extra minutes, mm-hmm. man. These guys played, you know, most of them are at 70 minutes in two days. Yeah. It was a lot. It, it, didn't Domas play 40 minutes last night? Yeah. Yeah, 40 minutes here and 39. So what's he at? 76 minutes for two days? 77. 77? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of minutes consecutively. Yeah, and just there's you. You just you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. There's so many guys on this team who are so skilled offensively, mm-hmm. and they have. I I don't mean this derogatorily. It's more finesse than what you saw from Miami last night, where when Miami needed a bucket, it was like, okay, hey, here's a sledgehammer, and we're yeah. just gonna wail away until the ball goes in the basket. 
and the Kings don't really have that <clears throat> that player, particularly on the perimeter. I think I think Sabonis is that kind of player inside, but they don't have that perimeter player who's just going to put the ball on the deck and like, yeah, I'm getting to the rack right now. Yeah, and I think they desperately need a player with that mindset. Well, that is why the Miami Heat make it so deep in the playoffs every year. Yes, because. They they just plug and play, and mm-hmm. they have all of these guys who are six seven, six eight, physical, athletic. Mm-hmm. They might not be great shooters, but they're multi positional, multi talented. Like they just beat you up. Yep. And and they have a very specific system. What has Eric Spolster been there like eighteen years now? A long time. Like the system is in place to to be able to support a plug and play type uh, feel for this team, and then even Kevin Love. Like, talk about one of the greatest outlet passers the game has ever seen. It's ridiculous. And he still has it, and that's why they're able to push up their their offense quickly when he's on the floor, even though they're not, like, a super fast team. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, they're impressive. They're, they are a team that really, really is well-coached and understands their system and understands how to go in and, and fight. 16 seasons as the head coach of the Miami Heat. Yeah. He has had one, two losing seasons. It's kind of Mike Tomlin-ish. Like, save yeah. for the LeBron era where they won 66 games one year, 58 games another year, and and went to the finals and won a couple finals. Like, save for that area, they're very Mike Tomlin-Steelers-ish, where it just kind of doesn't matter what the collection of players looks like. You know what you're going to get from them, and you know that that's going to be a team that's hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. I think the heat culture thing is funny, and it's kind of become a meme, but games like last night... It's it's like, oh, there's tangible proof of it. Like, it's actually. Well, you thing. see it. I mean, yeah. like the heat culture yeah. is very alive and well. Yeah. I mean, that is an an incredibly run system with the right type of guys. And the best part about them is that they make some of those players themselves. Yes. They go out and they find those players. They dig deep. They go all over the world. They 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 scout lower division colleges. They they get guys in their system and they create those players. Caleb Martin, they're, they're, they're three best players last night. Caleb Martin, Jaime Hawkins, and Bam Adebayo. We're safe to say that? Well, yeah, that and Kevin Love. And uh, well, and Kevin Love, who's old? 15 but, minutes. But guys, they brought in. Bam Adebayo, 14th pick. Jaime yep. Hawkins, 18. Caleb Martin, undrafted. Yeah. Like, man, that's... that's And Highsmith? Uh, Haywood Highsmith. Stand by. Undrafted? Undrafted. Because, of course. Yeah. And they're just... I mean, they're a team that literally team, made... Man. Hassan Whiteside into an NBA player. Yeah, a new good NBA player. And, and got him paid 90-something <laughs> uh, million dollars. Yeah. 90, 90 million bucks. 99, Crazy. whatever it was. All right, we got plenty more Kings Heat coming up for you. And I don't know if you saw the Monty Williams rant from last night, but it's really, really good. Yes. We'll have that for you. We'll also, the Kings don't play tonight, but we'll talk about the West and the games you need to be watching, the games you should be playing, paying attention to because it is scoreboard watching season here in Sacramento. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're the Insiders. We're rocking with you till noon on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Moving Brought to work. you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. That's fine. <laughs> if you're new to the show we just changed studios or i just changed studios if you're new to the show kyle is as changed well changed my mechanics <laughs> and i'm struggling with it coach 
I'm struggling bad. It's don't right. put me in, coach. We'll I'm not ready to out. play. We'll figure this out. All right, mm. uh, James. Uh, if you're also, if you're new to the show, you may not know that the second segment after a Kings game is where we dive deep on the Kings' previous game. The Kings last night lost 121 to 110 to the shorthanded Miami Heat. The Kings on the second night of a back-to-back. Let's dive deep on this one with James Ham's six quick. James Ham's six quick thoughts. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Bad. Kings insider James Four. Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. Substandard by most estimations. Let's get to number one. Yeah, go ahead. If you had Kevin Love destroying the Kings on your bingo card, then you are the big winner. The 35-year-old reserve bullied his way to the rim, dominated the Kings, 19.7 rebounds in 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. Uh, Jaime Jaquez and Bam Adebayo were really, really good as well. That was a a gritty performance by a very, very shorthanded Miami Heat team. Yeah, that was uh, really, really impressive. I figured the Heat would give the Kings a, a fight. I thought eventually you'd see Sacramento pull away because their talent last night with that version of with that yeah. version of the heat I thought would just kind of be a little bit too overwhelming. And frankly, I bought in after the Clippers game that we were going to see a little bit different version of the Kings. And we saw it for that stretch in the fourth quarter. We saw it for the first what whatever it was, nine minutes of the fourth quarter. Well even I think the first two quarters of the game, I mean the Kings went into halftime leading. Right? Yeah. So it's not like they were getting- uh, no, they were down at half. Oh, they were. They were, but not by much. No, it was uh, 65, 60. Yeah, they were down three and a half. Okay, and then they came out and were good in the early third quarter and then got punked. Um, I think the reality of playing against a team like the Heat is so much different than the thought of playing against a team like the Heat. And I know the Kings have notoriously not brought it when teams are missing stars. That's been like a hallmark of this team. But mm. again, I think like you you just instantly believe, oh, well, they're missing stars. You're going to win. And then you get into the game and these guys who are getting other opportunities are getting bigger opportunities than they normally get. Like they're ready. They want those opportunities. NBA players should want to take advantage of an opportunity and show that they deserve more minutes. Yeah. And that's what you saw. You saw a group of guys that are NBA players. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't play like a whole bunch of two-way players. Like these are guys that are NBA players and they still had an all-star. They still had, you know, a, a really, really nice up-and-coming player and and a guy who used to be an all-star. Yeah. And they punked you. That's what happened. Yeah. Tough. And All I right. think that's kind of the theme that we'll get to a, a little bit later on in the show. Number two. Uh, Demontis Sabonis extended his double-double streak to 40 games, posted his 21st triple-double. But it wasn't enough. 14 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, he struggled with Bam, and he turned the ball over four times, which was a theme of the night. Uh, yeah. I just thought that, again, the Heat had a very clear plan for DeMontis Sabonis, mm-hmm. and I don't think the Kings had a very clear plan for Bam at a bio. Yeah, he, he kind of took over that game last night in, in a couple of spots. He also had a couple of really tough shots. Yeah. As well, Hawk has hit a couple of uh, tough ones down the stretch, too. They kind of, uh, I think, were pretty demoralizing. The The thing that jumps out to me from last night with, with Sabonis' stat line is that he only took eight shots. Yeah. That is fewer than Fox, 
Herter, Murray. It was one more than Harrison Barnes and two fewer than Malik Monk. And mm. he played 40 minutes. I, 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 and it's not like he was one for eight. He was six for eight. Made a three. Cashed that little 16-footer. I texted you about it. Oh, yeah. Got the jab step. Got Bam on his heels. Pulled up from 16. Money. Like, that's... You you love to see it. And at, particularly in the fourth quarter, he took one shot. Yeah. Mm. I think that's where you, you have to look that the zone they were running was built to stop Sabonis. That worked. And the other players have to step up in those situations. They have to have more more player movement and more more ball movement. Mm-hmm. And that just, it didn't happen. And that's where, again, I, I think they, the Kings at certain points look like they're sort of a deer caught in headlights. Like they were, they were confused by what was happening on the court. Yeah. And that's what the Heat, that's what they do. Yeah. And again, you play them once a year. It's not like you're, you're playing them five times or uh, four times and you're so used to the zone that you know how to break the zone and you didn't have time to game plan for it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was Domas flashing in the middle, catching the ball, and then <laughs> everyone suck, yeah. uh, like, it, like collapses on him. Two like, what shots, are you going to do now? Two shots in 22 second half minutes. Whatever the Heat did worked, and it's something the Kings are going to have to adjust to. Uh, number three. Number three. Let him eat. Uh, Keegan Murray came out firing, and the Kings fed the second year forward early. Then they stopped feeding him. <laughs> then they started feeding him again. <laughs> uh, he finishes with 28 points on 10 of 13 shooting, five rebounds. He needed more shots when he ride the hot hand. There's no excuse for Kevin Herter shooting more times than Keegan Murray last night. No, other than that, Kevin uh, Kevin Herter was flying all over the court trying to get open when everybody else was kind of stuck in mud. That's mm-hmm. the only reason. I mean, he didn't hit, but he had plenty of wide open looks. Yeah, I just yeah, I'm I'm with you. Nights like last night, there are going to be some nights where Keegan Murray is the defensive guy. And hey, he doesn't really have it going offensively, or maybe Fox and Sabonis are really cooking, or somebody's cooking, and he's going to hang out in the corner, and he's going to take nine shots. But on nights last night, like last night, he was six of seven from three, but that seventh one was like a fall away in the corner at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, it, it, when he's six of six from three, and he's ten of thirteen from the field, like get, get him, get him the ball. You know, it's funny, Kyle. He's a really we, talented scorer. We walk out of that game, and everyone, everyone is thinking. Oh my gosh, look how good Jaime Hawkes uh, is. Mm-hmm. He is so good. Keegan Murray had more points. Keegan Murray like played really well. He he had more rebounds. He had more well, points. It's because Hawkes asserts himself in in games that in ways that Keegan Murray doesn't. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Like that's that's it. watching Hawkes last night go, "Hey, I have 15 or 14 in this in this half. I'm going to keep going to try and close this game." And just taking the ball and putting his head down and getting to the rack and getting to his spots and using his footwork. His footwork's unbelievable, by the way. And finding ways to get open looks. I would love to see that more from Keegan. I know it's not the offense, but man, it it feels like it should be sometimes. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing I'd point out is, you know, Jimmy Butler's not there. Tyler Hero's not there. Somebody had to step up and be a scorer. And Hawkes, for him to take on that that challenge, where the Kings still had all of their scores. Yeah. And Keegan kind of gets left out. That's where Keegan needs to be more assertive. I could not agree more with you. Number three. Uh, four. Number four. We got to rip through these last three. Uh, competed. Uh, De'Aaron okay. Fox, had he had solid numbers, but like Sabonis, he struggled with some costly mistakes. Uh, 27 points, eight rebounds, six assists, but his seven turnovers were absolutely brutal. Yeah, a couple. The the ones that, that bother me, when they, when they are born out of, you know, 
really fast paced, trying to fit a pass in, and like eh, it's the lazy ones. Yeah, it's the half hearted bounce pass. It's the it's the skip pass when there's very clearly somebody in the lane. It's those kind of turnovers that are really frustrating. No, I get that. Yeah. All right, number five. Uh, keep fighting. Kevin Herter didn't have a great shooting night, but he hit a couple of big threes to help us to help his team climb back in. Uh, he was a grinder. I, th- I thought he mm-hmm. was running. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've heard people talk about this. Like you know, Kevin Herter out there running laps. It felt like he was, but at the same time, he brought energy. He was moving with with like force and mm-hmm. with purpose. He just didn't hit his the open shots. Yeah. So I mean, if he hits two more shots. We're thinking a lot more. Uh, we're thinking a lot differently about Kevin Herter's night. Yeah, and he's playing well enough down recently that a night like last night doesn't doesn't bother you too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, number six. Uh, Malik Monk set his teammates up early, but as the games progressed, and you you assumed he was going to take over as a scorer, he fizzled, and he finishes with eight points, seven assists, two steals, um, but. 4-10 from the field, 0-4 from three. The three's on the fritz again. He just didn't look like he had the same oomph uh, that he did the night before, and that's going to happen. And And I think it plays into a bigger conversation that he had eight points. Davion Mitchell had four points. Trey Lyles had five points. So you had 17 points off your bench, which is just not good enough. Malik Monk against the Clippers played all 12 fourth-quarter minutes. He scored seven points, dished out three assists in the fourth quarter. Zero fourth quarter minutes last night. Mm, yeah. Man, that's tough. Yeah. And, I mean, <clears throat> that's why I, I we got we to gotta hit the break. But that's why I'm not, I can't bring myself to make any sweeping declarations based on last night because this is just kind of what this version of the Kings is. Mm-hmm. It's some nights you're going to get a Malik Monk, some nights you're not. Uh, some nights De'Aaron Fox is going to turn it over seven times. Um it's just some nights Kevin Herter's shots aren't going to fall. It's just yeah, tough, tough loss. They are who they are. They very much are. And who are they? We'll talk about that. And Monty Williams' rant last night was really, really good. We'll have that for you next. And our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game, running out of chances to win a jersey in February. Mm. Qualify for that. And a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. I will tell you who the player of the game is next on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I get it right that time. Go me. Oh, yeah. Hey, I want to put a pin in the Kings conversation for a moment. Okay. We'll have the Jiffy Loop Fast Break player of the game for you. And then somebody in the chatty house brought up a a brought up Jaime Jaquez. And you said something interesting that I want to get to as well. But I need to get to the Monty Williams rant from last night. Yeah. Mostly so I can start playing the drops I have from it. If you missed the Pistons uh, game last night against the New York Knicks, the Pistons uh, probably should have beaten New York, a very good New York team, albeit they're a little banged up right now. Uh, the Pistons probably should have won that game, uh, but they didn't in part because of a non-call on Dante DiVincenzo against the Star Thompson late in the game where Dante DiVincenzo looked like one of the finest safeties in all the land and put a really nice form tackle on Detroit's rookie with no call. Mm-hmm. Detroit winds up losing the game. They continue to be the worst team in the league. It led Monty Williams to say this after the game. The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. We've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game. Period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long. And enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big time game like that and there be a no call. It's ridiculous and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game and that was not fair. I'm done. Monty Williams, out. An abomination. <laughs> An abomination. <laughs> that was great. Okay. The NBA officiating is, is horrible. I'm just It's kidding. ridiculous, and we're tired of it. It's an abomination. An abomination. It is an abomination. Like, I, I watched the Sacramento Kings walk out on the floor last night, and everybody in the entire building knew that Tony Brothers is calling the game and we're in for erratic... Just trash. Like, nothing that makes any sense at all. No consistency. It happens in the first 20 seconds of the game or 30 seconds of the game. He calls a very suspect offensive foul on Sabonis, who's setting a screen on the outside for a shooter that's coming that, that was diving to the corner. Right? Offensive foul. What he's doing is he is establishing, hey, Sabonis, you're in my house tonight. This is my game. You're going to abide by my rules. And it ruins everything. Sabonis ends up with two fouls in the first like 
three minutes of the game mm-hmm. because this guy has an ego and can't get out of his own way and shouldn't be officiating NBA games anymore. How many times do we see just horrible officiating? A lot. And one-sided officiating. Yep. And that's something that like the league needs to figure out. And what they need to not do is listen to LeBron James. They need to actually watch footage of a Detroit Pistons team who's fighting and trying to beat mm-hmm. the Knicks and, and like clawing and doing everything. They're a young team. They make mistakes. But you don't bail out the Knicks because they're the Knicks. Right. You don't bail out teams because they're playing the Kings. Right. That's what it feels like all the time. And it, it's just like I, I totally agree with, with Monty. Yeah. Like, figure it out. Figure out how to make these guys better or find different people. The fact that so many coaches this year have just so blatantly been willing to wear those fines for their guys. Oh, yeah. You have Monty Williams. We had uh, our guy Darko in Toronto. This is completely BS. We had uh, Mike Brown yes. pulled out the computer to show us what he was mad about. It, it this is a a massive problem, and I think I think two things. One, you mentioned it up top there. If that is a Sar Thompson at the end of a close game diving into Dante Divincenzo's legs, Ow. that is a whistle one hundred times out of one hundred. But the problem is is not officiated the same way. And what what the bigger problem is is you have NBA officials after games. On Twitter, sometimes in the last two minute report, denying things that we very all we all very clearly see. Yes. And when you ask the NBA and Roger Goodell does the same thing in the NFL right now, oh, there's no problem. Our officials are the best in the world. Okay, maybe that might be true. I'm not trying to say it's easy. Nobody believes that officiating basketball is an easy thing to do. Yeah. What is easy is when pl- Team A fouls Team B. It should be a whistle whether Team A is a 60-win team or a 6-win team. Yep. It should not be that difficult. But it is, and we see it every single night to the point that you have coaches like, yeah, I'll wear this $50,000 fine to, to vent my frustration. It's, 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 it is... Um, it's a complete crap. It is. Thank you. I, I would agree 100%. It is a complete crap. I, I, I don't know how else to... like. I'm not someone who completely complains about officials all the time. And I will also tell you that, like, look, that had nothing to do with whether the Kings won or lost a game. Yeah, this is a separate conversation. Yeah, this is it's totally separate. But there are some nights where there's just no way to get around what's happening on the court. You know, you go up against Oklahoma City Thunder and Shea gets every single call. Mm -hmm. Fox gets smacked in the face. Sabonis gets hit in the head. Like, where is a review every time Sabonis gets hit in the head? It's part of the rule book. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to look at it and see if it's a flagrant foul. Mm-hmm. Where's it at? We see the dude get his contacts knocked out. We see him, like, get popped in the face. Mm-hmm. Where's the call? Nothing. Where's mm-hmm. the, the review of the play? So I don't know how else to, like, there needs to be a real moment of clarity with the mm-hmm. officiating crews. That, you know, if you're a bad official, like I know there was uh, an official that that had thrown somebody out a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, of a game. Like he threw Jokic out of a game and I can't remember oh, who it was. I cannot remember either. And then the stat came out that he's called one playoff series in 17 years. What does that tell you? That tells you that like 
He's someone who doesn't get promoted. Musa Duggar? I'm not sure who it was. But I'll just say, like, if you're going to be a guy who, who doesn't get NBA assignments for the playoffs, then you're basically like, what's his name in office space where they just keep moving to different spaces, to, to right. different places. And right. Then, hey, hey um, we're going to need to put you in the basement. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what you are. You're You're not mm-hmm. good enough. So mm-hmm. why are we still seeing these guys show up again and again? Uh, I, I don't know. It, to me, it's not easy to officiate, especially with players yelling at you the whole time. No doubt, that's a problem as well. No doubt, but at this, you got to figure it out. Yeah, and just be equitable. Just call yeah. it the same way. If, if you're going to call it, that's it. It's like balls and that's strikes. It. If you're going to give the high strike, give the high strike and to everybody the, the whole game. Today. Yep, you got the high strike. If you're gonna, you're gonna uh, hit the paint, and that's okay today. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll give you three inches on the outside there uh, of the black on the uh, on the paint of of the home pl- of home plate. Yeah, that's fine. At least we all know we know what it is. Like mm-hmm. establish it and stick to it. With the NBA, that's the problem: is that they don't they establish it for one player, they establish it for one team, and then it's not equitable. Yeah, and it plays out in almost every single game. Yeah, and that's what that's that can't. Like I under I, that obviously can't happen. But my my bigger issue is you brought up Shea Gilgis Alexander, one of my favorite players to watch. I love. Yeah, but he he plays into this. James Harden at his peak really really oh, did this. Yeah. He still does this to to a little bit lesser extent. Trey uh, Young, Doncic, Trey Young. There are Luka so many Doncic. players. Yeah, the reason that that De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis don't get some of these foul calls is a because sometimes refs just miss calls. That just happens. Mm-hmm. But B, it's because they play through the contact. If De'Aaron Fox, every time he got hit, threw the ball in the air, threw his head back and threw his arms up and tried to grift the foul, he would go to the free throw line more. And that's what bothers me, is we're rewarding players not for basketball stuff. We're not rewarding players because, hey, you know what? They just beat that defender. Defender had to foul him to try and stop a basket. Good ball. Here's two free throws. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is. This is, oh, that looked like a foul, so here's a whistle. Like the the refs are so bad that that official or that players are figuring out how to game it. And that's not the sport. That's not the point of, of the game. The point of the game is not to get to the free throw line. The point of the game is to put the ball in the hoop. And sometimes you do well enough that you beat the defender and they foul you while you're trying to put the ball in the hoop, not while you're trying to throw the ball into the rafters to draw a foul. Mm-hmm. It is I commend players who play through that contact. I commend players who don't try and grift the fouls. And it sucks, and I understand it's super frustrating, but I I would way rather a player do that than the BS that that guys like James Harden and, and Luca pull. I, I agree 100%. It's, it's one of the things that you enjoy about watching De'Aaron Fox play, mm-hmm. is that he, he will yell and... and and demand that he gets a foul call, but it's when he's been hacked repeatedly in a game, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do the like the John Morant ponytail, so he th- throws it all right. over the place. Right. So you see it, and it's like, oh my gosh, he must have been hit. Mm-hmm. No, he just threw his head back because that's what he does. Right. So it, it's, it's really so frustrating. What I love is when Fox sees that and he starts throwing his head back everywhere, and like, yeah, yeah. or when he, <laughs> you know, he uh, sees Chris Paul flop on the ground and. Yes. Drop on the deck and flop like a right. fish. Yeah. Um, 
and then and then Fox is sitting there like Chris Paul making is, fun of him. I said James Harden and Luca. I, I need to include Chris Paul in there as well. Well, I, I an all time an all time foul grifter. He he's not only like he's like a perpetrator. Like he he's he goes beyond like grifter. Like mm. he's a guy that like not only does he steal all the 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 gold and like the chest, but he also pushes his thing over and breaks the glass, so you can't even like it, it's not even repairable. That's mm. what Chris Paul is. He he goes he takes it a step beyond grifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, anyway. um. 20 fouls for the Kings last night, 12 for the Heat. Just FYI. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> That's James and Kyle. Uh, Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game from last night is appropriate because it, it leads into what I want to talk about next. Uh, Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. We do this after every single Kings game because our friends at Jiffy Lube hooked us up with 82 $100 gift cards to give away. And then they said, hang on, wait. We're also going to give away some jerseys. So we gave away one one last month. Shout out to Carlos E, mm-hmm. our guy. We're giving away one at the end of this month. We're running out of games in this month, though, for you to qualify. So make sure you get in there today. ESPN1320.com. There's a Jiffy Lube Fast Break Contest page right in the front. You click on that. You're going to enter the keyword Keegan. Just Keegan. K-E-E-G-A-N. Because Keegan Murray is our Jiffy Lube Fast Break player of the game for the Kings last night. Uh, 10 of 14 from the field, 6 of 7 from beyond the arc. A perfect 2 of 2 from the free throw line. He scored 28 points. He had 5 rebounds, an assist, and 3 steals, and a block. Uh, Filled up the stat sheet and had a really, really nice offensive game. Uh, So Keegan is your Jiffy Lube fast break. Keyword, enter to win a $100 gift certificate to Jiffy Lube and a Kings jersey, which we'll give away um, at the beginning of next month for the end of this month. Bang. There it is. Speaking of Keegan, we were talking at the break about Jaime Hawkes and Keegan Murray. And there's a, I feel like this is a really good, like, representation of what I try to convey about, about the Kings really as a team, but specifically Keegan Murray as a, as a player. Because you have Jaime Hawkes, who is on his way to being all rookie. And he'll be in the rookie of the year conversation. Not going to win it. No, but he'll his name will be in the in the. It'll be like be it'll old. be like Wemby, Chet, and then Hawkes and some other guys in that. Yeah, yeah, in that yeah. Next year, right? So very good player. Keegan Murray is a better player than Jaime Hawkes is. I believe they're different, but yeah. I believe just overall, if you if you said, "Hey, who's a higher end GM, talent?" Right, yeah. every GM. Okay. Who are you taking to to start a team with? Yeah, I'm guessing m- not all. Most of them are taking Keegan. But the thing that makes Jaime Hawkes such a valuable asset is the fact that he may not be as quote unquote good as Keegan. He may not have the same ceiling, but he winds up being effective because of the the style of play, the aggressiveness that he plays with, the headiness that he plays with, um, the willingness to say, hey, my team needs a bucket. We've just blown a 20-point fourth quarter lead. We need to keep this thing at a couple possessions. It's me. I'm going to go get this basket right now. It's that mindset that sets him apart and makes him a little bit different. And if Keegan Murray had that mindset, you'd be looking at like a perennial all-star. 
And that's that's the it's the perfect like Jaime Hawk is the perfect player that illustrates like what I want to see more of from guys, not just Keegan, by the way. I want to see more of that from basically everybody on the Kings. Yeah, it's the try hard mentality that you see. Thank you for articulating that better than I could. That yeah, like when he was coming out of the draft, and again, I, I always, when I watched him play and I watched footage of him, I mean, first of all, he's got a lot more athleticism than the player I'm going to mention, but his impact on the floor and how he agitates and how he's everywhere yeah. all Don't the time. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it down. Okay. The name I think you're going to say. Okay, go ahead. The name, I, I, probably not. The, the name that the, the guy that I Say watched was it. Eduardo Nahara. Not even close. Who do you have? Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson. <laughs> no, because Kyle said, Anderson you plays said athleticism. And you said he has more athleticism and that. Yeah. And that the player agitates, and I can't stand Kyle Anderson. <laughs> I think Kyle plays in a, in a much different space. But the yeah. guy, the guy that. Like, if you remember Eduardo Nahara, he just ran around, like, punching people and running into people. And, like, you you visibly saw him on the court every minute that he was out there. Mm-hmm. And, and and the players that played against him felt him on the court the entire time. They're like, oh, no, here he comes. Mm-hmm. There he is. Ah, he just ran by and hit me. Yeah. Like, that is what Jaime Hawk has looked like as a college player. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely see him being a player that just a, a supreme agitator. It's something the Kings, like, fully need. I They, they need... They're, the Kings are... Bear with me here. I don't I don't mean right. this in a bad... Just bear with me. They're too likable. Yes. Like, they don't have any pain in the asses. They're too nice. They yes. are. Yes. And I don't like there's there's so many worse things you can be. <laughs> but but I think when when we whoa, that was weird. Um I don't know if that's my headphones or my microphone. I hope it's just my headphones you that, sound are, that are crapping perfectly out. fine. Okay, good. My headphones are crapping out and I can't hear me and that's a weird sensation. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's what when we talk about the Kings this year and the things that that oh, they're inconsistent and oh, they lost to the Hornets and they lost to the Blazers and they blew this lead and they they let this game slip away. It's that. It's they don't have that that pain in the ass that just kind of hey, they need a bucket here. Oh, that guy went and got a bucket. Maybe he only averages 12 for the season, but hey, he had 6 in this quarter and instead of the Kings trailing by 10, they're only down 4. They stayed in the game. Like that's the kind of player that they I I think they desperately need like we talked about at the top. Yeah, I, I, that's what they have to find. And that's why I've always said, hey, like, go find yourself a Martin Twin. Like, that's yeah. what how those guys play, you know? And, and the Kings have had those guys in the past. You know, it, it's not just that the style of play. It's, you know, they're gritty. They, you know, they typically don't make a ton of money because they don't score a lot of, uh, a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And so you usually kind of, you know, get somebody like that locked up long term. Mm-hmm. But they're just super, super impactful. And, yeah. you know, like some at some point you need a, a guy who's willing to do all of the dirty work. And it doesn't matter what position the Kings have mm-hmm. to like find that guy. It doesn't matter. Like you just have to find one. Yeah. And, and I, I just keep saying it again and again. And it's like you get through a, a whole entire free agency period and they don't do, they, they bring in Chris Duarte. You know, they trade mm-hmm. for Chris Duarte, who maybe they thought was going to be that guy. But then you get into the trade deadline. You knew you didn't have that guy, and you don't you don't go get it again. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it's sort of the same type of player. Like we just keep saying it. Like you need somebody who does all of that. I think what the Kings need to do before or during this draft process, whether they wind up having picks or not, who knows? Yeah. But maybe it's undrafted guys. Get 14 of them in a gym and say, hey, just run three on three. Pick teams, half court each side, pick teams, and do it traditionally. Like, hey, me, James, and Jesse, all right, we're, we're going to run. We're, we're going to run. And D'Lo and Casey and and Karosh are gonna are gonna run, and then we've got other guys over here that are that are gonna be. And winning team stays on, losing team stays off. Maybe you form a new team, maybe you don't. And you watch how they interact in those moments, and you find the guy who everyone hates, and who is a in everybody's jersey playing really really high end defense, and he may or may not be skilled offensively. Who knows? But just go get all of the guys who look like that in that environment and yeah. bring them in. Just bring them. I don't care what position they play. I don't care how what size they are. Just get them. Yeah, I think it's something that we saw like from when Monty was with the Rockets. They tried to create these players, right? They they did find these guys. Yeah. And, and whether it's like, again, Montrez Harrell or uh, Tariq Black or or Daniel House, like these mm-hmm. these guys that are physical and they almost PJ like, Tucker. Yeah, they they almost beat you up and, and find their way in the league because they beat everybody else up. Mm-hmm. Like there's no one left to play. Yeah, look so at Dylan, look at Dylan Brooks. Oh yeah, that is Dylan Brooks. Like say, say, let's let's set okay. aside him being ridiculous, but just the style of that he plays with is very much that. Yeah, and I I think you can find that player without finding. Like a guy who's an a hole, right? Who's going to be a problem? Yeah, you can yeah, find that without. You yeah. can. I mean, even like the Ron Artests of the world, like there, it's not easy to find that guy, and mm-hmm. and it seems like some teams are are way better at doing it than others, and it. Mm-hmm. I think it becomes like sometimes a style of player because I can tell you, like Jeff Petrie struggled with this is this exact problem. Mm-hmm. He he always looked for the shooter. He always looked for the multi positional, multi tooled shooter. The Peja's a, the Hito Turkaloos. He just kept mm-hmm. looking for that player when sometimes the player you needed was was Gerald Wallace, the crash test dummy, uh, that developed into one of those players that was yeah. just really good. But he didn't have the the natural fluidity to the game or the mm-hmm. high basketball IQ when he was young that stood out. And so sometimes it, it just doesn't work with a team. But that's, that's sort of like the task at hand. Like Money mm-hmm. McNair has to find like one or two or three of these players for this team to be tough and to take that next step. And again, it's Denver has guys like this mm-hmm. and you look around KCP. like uh, 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 Oklahoma city, they uh, Lou Dort. Lou Dort. Yeah. Like they have these guys and like, how, what do you do? How Case do you find Wallace this? too? Yeah. And, and those guys, it's, they, th- their style of play becomes contagious. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, yes. "Oh, we got to turn it up because yes. that's why." That's what I'm saying. You don't need five of them. No, but I promise. Watch, watch, watch. De'Aaron Fox consistently become a killer if the Kings had one or two of those guys. Oh yeah, like that. That would because it's there. It's there in him. We we've seen it. But I think if you add one or two more players who kind of set that standard whenever they're on the court. Mm-hmm. And like you said, maybe they thought it was going to be Chris Duarte. I'm not, I'm not there, 
but I think they need that. As much as they need athleticism, we've talked about that. As much as they need oh, rim protection and this and that, I fine. But I think there's an attitude and a mindset that when we come in here every couple of days wondering like, well, what the heck happened in that game? Yep. That is the common thread to me. It's not, we've talked about like the record in Sabonis triple doubles. It's not that. It's not, oh, De'Aaron Fox uh, was tired. It's not, it's not that. It's not, well, Malik Monk's uh, shooting it well, or Kevin Herter is or isn't shooting well. It's n- those things are going to go up and down. That's basketball. That's the, that's the sport. You're not going to have the exact same game night in and night out. But you can bring a mentality, and I think that's that last night watching that, that's where it really pinpointed to me what is quote-unquote wrong with the Kings. No, I think you're probably right. It's just go go steal like three players from the Miami Heat. Or don't, like the Lakers tried that and Gabe Vincent hasn't played since October. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, but that's a perfect example where you, you bring up the Lakers where they go out and get a bunch of guys who who don't necessarily win, who don't necessarily, who just put up stats. Mm-hmm. Like there are those guys, those guys are all over every every blacktop across America. You can go find a guy who can get a bucket. Yeah. Go give me the other guy who defends everybody, who doesn't mind I'm punching saying. somebody in the face, who, well, who has pointy hey, elbows. Too real. Too real. Yeah. The but punching in the face. Too okay. real. I. <laughs> Well, Kyle, you're our guy like that. You want to punch John Bull in the face all the time. Oh, boy, do I. <laughs> no, I like John. Um, <laughs> no Kings game tonight, but we do have some games to watch in the West. We'll give you an updated look at the West standings, what last night's loss meant, and what games matter for Sacramento uh, tonight and what team Kings fans should be rooting for tonight. We'll tell you that next. That's James and Kyle. We're on ESPN 1320. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Welcome back in hour number two. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're hanging out with you until noon. And we'll hand it off to D'Lo and KC. They'll be rocking with you until four. Right here on Sacramento Sports Leader. Excellent. Hell yeah. Um, the Kings played last night. They lost to the Miami Heat. That was one of two games that happened in the Western Conference last night. Hmm. The only other one was Memphis at Brooklyn, and Brooklyn uh, smoked the Grizzlies by 25, 111-86. So, uh, one of the things we're going to be doing through the rest of this regular season, and you might get tired of it, but that's just kind of where this is at, because, look, we talk about the Kings long-term, and okay, they need a player with this mentality, or they need a player with with this and they need to draft this or trade whatever we can deal with that when we get to it we've talked about you've talked about james Mm -hmm. the consequences if the kings miss the playoffs this year that changes the long-term outlook significantly in a the wrong direction so we're going to do some scoreboard watching throughout the rest of this regular season because uh, the Kings, after last night's loss, they now sit in the number seven seed. They fell behind the Pelicans and the Suns, who they were tied with. They're a half game back of the Suns for the sixth seed, the Pelicans for the five seed. They are tied with the Mavericks, who are the eighth seed. And they're three games up on the Lakers for the nine, three and a half up on the Warriors for the ten. If, quick refresher, play-in is the seven-eight, and then the nine-ten. Winner of seven-eight is the seven seed. Uh, loser of that game plays the winner of 9-10 for the 8 seed. That's right. So you want to be a top 6 seed to avoid that play in. The Kings are half a game back of that right now. Yep. Um, the good news is uh, the teams directly ahead of them and the Mavs directly behind them have some tough games tonight. Mm. So we're going to keep a like half an eye on the Warriors just because the more they lose and the more distance the the Kings can get from from the 10 seed, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Warriors are at the Wizards tonight. Don't love the Kings to gain ground on the Warriors. The Wizards stink. Oh, the Wizards are bad. They benched Jordan Poole. Like that's where the Wizards are at. Hmm. So I don't uh, I don't love that. The Mavericks though, big night for the Kings. The Mavericks play in Cleveland. Cleveland's good. Cleveland's yeah, that's a, number, a tough one. Cleveland's number two seed in the East right now. Well, plus they just have a lot to throw at players like mm-hmm. Luca. Yeah. And and Kyrie. They yeah. do. They have all kinds a lot of, of different size, looks. A lot of length. Yeah. So mm, that's a good one. Yeah, that'll be a good matchup. So you want want to see the Mavs lose. Yes. That would put the Kings half a game clear of the eight seed. And then the Pelicans are at the Knicks. Knicks, another team. They're the four seed in the East right now. They're 35 and 23. Uh, if the Pelicans lose, they would just fall to the six. The Kings would stay at seven. Right? Is that right? No, they're they're half game. No, the Kings would move above them if they lose because they've got one more win. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the Kings, mathematically, the Kings would slide above them. To number six. Yeah. All right. 
The Suns don't play tonight? No. Okay. Big opportunity for the Kings. Yeah. To <laughs> gain a half game. <laughs> <laughs> to gain a half game. Hey, that's sometimes what that's what it's about, right? Let me make let me make sure I'm not losing my mind here. This says there's no Oh, these are games played. Got it. Okay, that's not the upcoming schedule. Okay. Okay. Anyways, uh that's what's going on tonight in the West. Do these games I, I said this yesterday and then I watched them play Miami and Miami was in the play-in last year, wound up, lost their first play-in game? Something like that. They were the eighth seed. They were the eighth seed. Yeah. So they get into the playoffs via the play-in, mm-hmm. and then they work their way to the finals. <laughs> and then you watch them last night, and you're like, man, of course, like this team is just really, really tough. It's just a one of my it's NFL draft season. One of my favorite NFL draft terms that people use for like running backs is a rolling ball of butcher knives. Oh, like they are just tough and downhill and hard nosed and hard to tackle. Mm-hmm. Like they just look difficult to. That's how the Heat come across to me, as it just as a basketball team as a unit, right? And I look and I go, man, last night was probably super valuable for Sacramento. Just playing in that type of game. You're on. I know the second night of a back-to-back. It's not like it was playoff atmosphere at, at Golden One or anything like that. But like that's a tough team that very clearly had a good game plan for you, mm-hmm. and now you have to learn how to adjust to that. And you're playing a team that has a ton of experience, particularly guys like Kevin Love, guys like Bam Adebayo have played in big games, have played in playoff games, and the Kings need every single win. We talk about okay, uh, the, what does this mean for? Uh, how they're inconsistent and they're this and they're that and what team are we going to get tonight? Like they just need to stack wins, and they didn't get one last night. But I look at the rest of the stretch and I'm like, man, these are all ostensibly playoff games. Oh, I agree 100. percent Maybe I'm maybe I'm way overvaluing that, but to me, okay, they have one playoff series under their belt, but now they get a month and a half, two months of playoff games. Like that's, I mean, what are "Quote unquote playoff games." That's that's I, I think could could be a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a value to to playing difficult games. You know, I, I think that when you you see a team like let's just say like the 49ers, they get to the Super Bowl, right? Their path to the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs' past path to the Super Bowl was much easier, like without any question. You know, you went through a couple of a couple of decent teams. Mm-hmm. But not teams that had experience that were like expected to be there, and like you get to the Super Bowl and like your pathway there just wasn't that nearly as as hard as it was for Kansas City, yes. who had to play an extra yes. game, right? Who had to play on the road, mm-hmm. who had to play against some of the best, like you know, again Josh Allen had to go through uh, the Lamar MVP, Smith. Lamar yeah. Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson. Sorry, um, yeah, that that's the path, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're a little more battle tested. You're a little bit more like you felt all of the the high end talent and like what it is it, it's going to take yeah. to win that game. And sometimes that matters, right? Mm-hmm. So for the Kings to go and play a team like like Miami, I don't think it really like it's not like that style of play is going to rub off on the Kings. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that they're going to be like, oh, man, that's how we have to play. Because that's not who the Kings have as players. Mm-hmm. They don't have a a Caleb Martin. They don't have a again a Jaime Hawkes. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't have that physical type player 
So they've got to figure out other ways to do it, other ways to be who they're going to be. And right now, I think we're still confused, but I don't know that we should be. Yeah, and that's that's where like I don't I never I please don't take this as way. I'm not I don't ever tell anyone how to be a fan. Yeah. Be a fan however you want to be a fan, but the you 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 I can't remember if you said this on air during a break, but you said, "Man, a lot of angry Kings fans." And it's I get it. Yeah. Like that was last night the way they fell apart and fell behind 20. It's like, "Man, if they were 20% better in that stretch and they were only behind 15 going into the fourth quarter they probably win yeah they probably they probably claw their way back and, and find a way to win that game and so I get that it's frustrating and I get that there was there were the great vibes last year and it was all ascension last year and now there's some some peaks and valleys this year and so it's understandably super frustrating but also we just know what the kings are now and it's going to be frustrating and that's that's totally fine but I think it's probably unrealistic to have some, and Damien's been saying this for, for, for months, it's unrealistic to have some higher expectation of this team that there's some massive leap that's going to happen when they ran it back with largely the same group. If the leap has not happened by now, it's not going to happen on February 26th. Like they're just kind of, they are who they are this year. I and agree. That's, and that's fine. But, but that becomes a question of how do you balance this now? If this... This is who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you understand where you need to get to in order to take more steps. Number one, you need a couple of different players, right? I think we can all honestly say that you can't run it back again. If you run it back again, Ooh. that's a gross, negli- uh, negligence. gross negligence. Yeah. It's like it, you, you just aren't up for the job. That's unserious. Yeah. Yeah. You're just not I hate ready that phrase, to do this. But- that's what that is. I would agree. I would agree with you. You're, you're just not taking the task at hand and, and understanding what, like, sort of the goal is. To be clear, I don't predict that happening. Well, yeah, but we didn't predict that happening at the deadline either. So, yeah, good point. But, but just to to complete the thought, sort of, like, we can see who they are, and the only way for them to have self improvement at this point. Like they can get better for this season by guys getting hot or and, and figuring things, but the only way for this team to get truly better moving forward, yes, there's one singular path, and that is for Keegan Murray to ascend. And at there comes a point in this season where you have to make that decision whether it's about winning today mm-hmm. and trying to get to the second round, or whether it's about getting Keegan Murray to the next step. So you can be better than a second round team next year and the year after. Yeah. And right now you got what, 26 games. Mm-hmm. This needs to be a lot more Keegan Murray, 28 point nights and a lot fewer of some of these other guys taking 15, 16 shots. And I do think, I do think part of that is on Keegan. And I think that's part of the growth <clears throat> is learning when to pick your spots. Last night would have been a good night to pick a spot. I agree, but I'm also going to say it at some point, the coach has to have a say and the coach and it doesn't have to be that, Hey, let's run seven straight plays for Keegan. It can be to go to Demonis Sabonis and it can mm-hmm. be to go to Keegan Murray and to De'Aaron Fox and say, this is the plan. Mm-hmm. We need you to execute it. Mm-hmm. The goal is to get him up to speed for next season. Yeah. And that's what has to happen. We understand who we are today. We are not a championship contender. 
we need to figure out how to get to that next step. That next step is through that kid. And we need you guys on board to get him there so we can all succeed together. Yeah, that next step for Keegan and the Kings, and maybe this this is why there's such a parallel, is consistency. Right now, the Kings are frustrating because they can go beat any team in the NBA on any night right now. They're good enough to do that. But they are also not good enough that they will they could lose to any team in the NBA on any given night. And there's just there's a lot of teams are there's a lot of teams like that where they are just kind of hanging out in the middle, getting to that next tier of team where they are consistently good night in and night out. I think that you you know for the most part what you're getting from De'Aaron Fox, you know what you're getting from Demonis Sabonis. Keegan Murray is number three. And to your point, getting to that consistency is going to require him to get there. And now is the time to do it. It's right now. Yep. Right now, right now. Not later, later. <clears throat> Big 10 basketball is tonight. D'Lo and KC will take you up till 4, then at 4 o'clock uh, on ESPN 1320, 98.5 HD2. We will have some Big 10 basketball for you. It's also on your smart speaker in the free Odyssey app. The Hoosiers, the Indiana Hoosiers are headed to the NIT. Can't wait for that movie. Gene Hackman's going to be uh, wonderful in it. Uh, the Badgers, the, the Wisconsin Badgers, that is, are currently a fifth seed in the big tournament. That'll be heard on ESPN 1320 as well. So uh, we've got a little bit of madness in February. Mm. Indiana not going to the big dance. Wisconsin going to the big dance, but Indiana trying to knock Wisconsin down the bracket a little bit. And if you're going to do a bracket, start paying attention now. Mm. Even even a little nugget that you get from, from checking out Indiana-Wisconsin could help you uh, come bracket time. And then Thursday... At 4 p.m. Uh, coming up later this week, we'll have some NBA basketball for you. Miami at Denver. Uh, we are home for NBA basketball, the play-ins, playoffs, and the finals. Speaking of basketball, I want to put a pin in it coming up because I keep seeing something happening on the internet that I would like to see stop post-haste. I'll tell you what is ne- what it is next on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. You're dang right it is. I said the Kings rely too much on their offense. And then you said they rely too much on offensive players. And I think we're talking about two separate things. We are. Like, I don't think that they, they have the defenders to rely on. I don't think that that that's how this team is built. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I okay. Hang on. I'm. A, I'm. I. That was a misinterpretation. That's bad communicating by me. <clears throat> I think they rely on too. Mu- I would think they rely too much on their scheme when they're playing offense. Oh, okay. I, that I especially like. I I get that you want it to be because Steve Kerr does the same thing, and this is a point of frustration with with Warriors fans with Steve Kerr. There are times where it's like, dude, get it to Steph Curry, pick and roll. And let him do that. And Steve Kerr's thing has always been like, no, because then guys get bored. Like you, you, you're not getting everybody involved in the offense. You lose players. They, they lose focus, and it wears out Steph Curry, who's closer to forty than thirty. But with the Kings, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I don't know this for sure, but given that Mike Brown was recently with Golden State, I would assume that it's a little bit the same thing. I just. They did it against the Clippers where they needed a couple of buckets late and it was Monk, Sabonis, pick and roll, bang, bucket each yeah. time. 
But then you go to last night where they're down four or five or six or whatever it was late in that game, and it's Sabonis catching and then handing off, and it's like, bro, I would like to see Demonis Sabonis, one of their two best players, have a little bit more of a say here than just, oh, they're going to run the offense room, and that's what it's going to be like. No, sometimes do the thing that's going to get you a bucket. And to me, that is De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, little two-man game, and you figure it out that way. Again, it's not that I want to see 48 minutes of that, but in key spots like they got last night, instead of relying on Kevin Herter to to shoot them back into the game, hey, let De'Aaron Fox or, or Domas go get go get a bucket off a off a pick and roll. No, I, I'm with you. I just I would caution that again. The Miami Heat ran a very specific zone to take away sure. Demarcus Cousin. I mean, Demarcus <laughs> Sabonis. I don't know why that. Wow, it it pops in my head every once in a while. It's it, it they do Demarcus Sabonis. Uh, they they ran a zone to take him away, and I, I get it. Like the fact that he took oh. eight shots in forty minutes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. I guess. And, and you want to like force feed him and you want him to be more of like like get in there and fight to but he turned the ball over That's four times. The proper radio guy thing to say in my response to that would be like, "I don't care. They're paying you 40 million dollars. Go get a basket. <laughs> Go score. I don't care." So, yeah. I love the the hot take without uh without any explanation and any way to answer yeah, yeah. your own question. That was when when I was doing radio in San Francisco. There was all the it was never real, but Warriors fans wanted it to be real that the Giannis to Golden State thing oh, was yeah. like was like happening. Like, oh, we talked to Steph, but no, it was. Uh, th- here was the thing. Hey, they can't really do that. Like, it just doesn't work financially. And the response would be, I don't care. Make it happen. Yeah. Like that. What? That's just. <laughs> That's not how that goes. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's it's unique to the Bay Area. I think those things happen. Yeah, that's just my experience. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't care. Just go so. get a basket, Domas. Just go score. Um, <laughs> the thing I would like to see stop on the internet. I want to hear it. <laughs> Look, I I I blog about an NFL team. Mm-hmm. I am eyeballs deep in 49er stuff all the time. It is supposed to be a dead period right now, and I've got it is that's that is how it goes. So I understand training camp and and OTAs and and preseason games and how silly a lot of the like preseason analysis is, but you got to do it anyways. I get it. I, I'm there. I'm with you. Um, that's fine. The spring training live tweet is the least valuable of all the live tweets. <laughs> it is brutal. I don't know how this happened. I need to start unfollowing some folks. I have I have way too many Yankee beat writers in my timeline. Oh. I have like six Yankee beat writers. My buddy Gary covers the Yankees for it used to be the Times, but whatever whatever the Times is doing baseball wise now, that's what he does. And I love him to death. And he's down there in Pensacola or wherever wherever in Florida they hold training camp. And he tweets Anthony Volpe leads off with a walk. Or no, I'm sorry. Anthony Volpe gets spring spring started with a ground ball single up the middle. Oh. Like, okay, that's kind of... First first hit of spring, like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Quote tweet, Volpe steals second base. Who's this helping? Who is this for? Give me some... I, 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 give me... I, there's no... <laughs> what does this mean? 
It's a spring game, early spring game, mind you. And it does, and it, it wasn't just that. It is, every baseball writer I follow who is at spring training right now is giving me blow by blow of spring training games featuring players who may not even ever play in the major leagues. Ever. Oh, I see some discretion on what we're tweeting. Okay. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I'm with That's you, I, especially if they get to the point where they're like, it's two and two count. Now it's three oh and two. My, oh my God. Foul tip. Yeah. It's like Another if, foul tip. If a particular prospect has a great at bat, yeah, he had a great at bat. Okay. We're up to seven foul tips. <laughs> Just. It has become a tweet thread at this point. <laughs> I love baseball as much as the next guy, trust me. Yeah. And I'll, I'm even the, the weirdo that when it's on like ESPN or whatever, I'll just throw it on in the background. But I don't, man, the spring training live tweet just really got under my skin the other day. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I try and be courteous, right? During Niner preseason games, I know people don't care. I know nobody cares that a third string running back had a nice run. So I really try to like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to tweet something about the, the preseason, I really try to make sure it counts. Like, I yeah. really try to make sure, hey, Jordan Mason did this. He's fighting for a backup running back spot, and that's going to help. Great. Okay, fine. But Mason ahead for four yards doesn't help anyone. No. That's not helpful. Anyways, that's all. I'm with you. I'm guilty of, I'm, trust me, I'm, I'm guilty of bad tweets more than anybody. Well, I mean, I, I, I just, the maybe it's because I'm sensitive to baseball stuff right now. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I, I do, you know, I live tweet. Kings games. Regular season Kings games. But I, I usually start off with a tweet of who scores the first basket for the Kings. Sure. And then there's a couple of tweets every quarter, but then at the end of the quarter, the end of the half, end of the third, and then, you know, my tweets post game. Like, you're going to get some things thrown in there. If it's a crazy game and it's back and forth, and I'm there and people aren't, mm-hmm. and they're either, you know, listening on the radio or watching on TV, like, and they're using me as an, like an accompaniment. Sure. Then yeah, you're going to see like what just happened. Like, mm. because I can tweet. That's what I was, that's what I wonder. Who, who do you tweet for? I tweet for the people who are either like, they're trying to keep up. They're okay. trying to keep up with the game and, and they're behind. They, they know watch. they're behind. I see. Okay. Or, you know, they're at work or they're at home and they're like, like twelve second delay, right? And they're sitting there. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, like, that's interesting. So yeah, I don't know. I've I've tried. I've just kind of given it up. I, I don't. I just kind of give my general thoughts now because I never know what. I figure anybody who's looking for 49ers live tweets is probably watching. But that's a good point. There's people on delay. There's people working. People yeah. on flights or whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. It's I don't know. I know we there's, had. There's way better. People than me to f- dick in live tweet game because <laughs> follow Matt Mayoko or Matt Barrows. They're yeah, super quick at it. Yeah, I was. Uh, we were sitting baseline before the game last night. Brendan and I, mm-hmm. uh, one of my partners from the Kings beat, and uh, somebody came up right behind us, like put their hands on our shoulders and said uh, that he lives in China and that he is late to work all the time because. Mm-hmm. He's listening, or he's staying up all night listening, oh, okay. listening to the podcast, and awesome. like people are like, "Boy, you look really tired today." He's like, "Had to get my King's, well, King's podcast in." <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Look at that worldwide. You too can subscribe to the King's Beat, Kingsbeat.com, and uh, Kingsbeat podcast wherever you get your pods. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, we did have some breaking news while we're here. Uh, oh. 49ers. I mean, it's I don't know how major it is, but they have uh, promoted Tariq uh, Ahmad and RJ Gillen to a dual director of pro personnel. I don't know. Huh. Okay. That makes sense. They're, uh, they've both been promoted to replace Adam Peters. Yes. Uh, Ahmad came from the college scouting side and Gillen from the pro scouting side, but they're going to um, form a, a tandem. Same role. Okay. I, I think that's a really good way to um, to to grow your team and to grow your management team mm-hmm. when because the Niners are a group that are going to get picked apart every summer and lose guys. Yeah. So if you have two guys that are getting promoted, not only do they they they're going to work together, and mm-hmm. if you lose one, you might be okay, but they're also going to learn from each other. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, they were both names that immediately came up from people who know uh, people in the front office. They were two names that immediately came up when Peters left, so it makes sense that they both get promoted uh, to that spot. Speaking of promotions with the 49ers, we had some news on their defensive coordinator search, and then John Lynch said something at the Combine today that really brings something home about that search. We'll have that, and we've got some more King stuff we got to dive into as well after their loss last night to the Heat. Tons to get into in the final segment of The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Kind of a weird time of year to talk football, but we had some news yesterday in 49er land. And John Lynch kind of drove that news home today. Yeah. Uh, Matt Mayoko reported in NBC Sports Bay Area yesterday that the 49ers had interviewed Two defensive coordinator candidates with plans to interview a third later this week. They're hoping to have all those interviews wrapped up by the end of this week, which means we probably have a defensive coordinator announcement coming sooner rather than later. So they interviewed Brandon Staley, the former Chargers head coach, and then they interviewed uh, Nick Sorensen, who was their defensive passing game specialist. He was in his second year with the 49ers, but he had spent some time uh, in other places, I think Jacksonville, and and he came up in Seattle under Pete Carroll, which is kind of the, the big deal there. They're also going to interview Daniel Bullocks, their safeties coach, who's been with them since 2017. Former NFL safety. He's been coaching for a long time. I think he's been in the NFL like as a player and coach for like 17 years. Mm. He's He's been around and he knows the defense. He knows what the Niners want to do. So uh, John Lynch today said at his press conference at the Combine, quote, we like who we are and what we do as a defense, and I know we don't want a wholesale departure from that. That to me means Brandon Staley's out. Okay. He is a Vic Fangio guy that's a 3-4. I don't think the Niners are going to do any crazy things schematically. And they just got rid of Steve Wilkes, a successful defensive coordinator, because there were some schematic issues that they didn't think were going to be resolved. I can't imagine that they're going to want to bring in a guy like Brandon Staley, who has always run a completely different version of defense than the 49ers want to run, and go like, yeah, hey, just adapt. Like I don't think that's a mistake. You want to make two years in a row. 
Yeah, and I mean, Staley's coming off of a horrific run as a head coach. Oh, really and, bad. And I know, like, as a defensive coordinator, though, he's been really good in the past, right? Yeah, at least when he has prime Aaron Donald and prime Jalen Ramsey, for sure. Okay. Well, that helps. <laughs> that helps, right? Yeah. But the but, Niners have a talented group, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the problem with him is that there is a stink about his his performance as a head coach in with the Chargers. And if I'm the, the 49ers, I'm not looking for a another scapegoat. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone who gets it right this time. And you kind of wish that, you know, one of the guys that they've had there in that position before has been so successful that you could find another guy just like that. That's that's what you should be searching for, like the next D'Amico Ryans, the next yep. Robert Sala. Yep. And hopefully you can find that because those guys, it feels like they're running what you want them to run, but they're also big time leader of men. Yes. And and as a defensive head, you know, defensive coordinator, that's kind of what you want. Yeah. So we'll see if that hire comes down at some point this week. My guess is it does. Um, I do think it's kind of interesting that Staley was the only external candidate they interviewed. Are they done? It sounds like it. Wow. Mayoko talked to Shanahan directly. Yeah. And Shanahan said, we've completed these two interviews and we've got this one coming up. We're going to finish up interviews this week. So if there was some other name out there, I would imagine it would have been said yesterday. Unless they're trying to like sneak Pete Carroll in for a year or whatever, but I just can't imagine that Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel are going to want to come be the 49ers defensive coordinator. That would be wild. That just doesn't seem like a thing they'd want to do. Uh, it you know the the pocketbook that's that's where where it's going to count. Like, are they going to do they need the money? And chances are, at least two of those guys have no need for they're money. I don't know fine. about the other. And they're going to get head coaching jobs next year. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they can. I think Pete Carroll's a consultant with Seattle. Bill Belichick can take a year off, help his kid be the defensive coordinator. I think he's the defensive coordinator in Washington. Uh, Steve Belichick. Huh? I think he's the coordinator at UW. And then uh, Mike Vrabel can vibe out. I think he's got a couple of kids isn't, hang out with his family for a year. Isn't there like four uh, coaches' sons that are on that staff with Belichick? Yes. Yeah. I forget who they all are, but yeah, there's a lot of... I do too. It's like the Nepo staff. Yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah. crazy. Nepo baby staff. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I thought that the King's answers for last night were... I don't, I, I don't know. Not encouraging, but I respect that Fox just came out and was like, yeah, we got beat. They played better than us. Yeah, like that's like that. Thank you. At least like step one is recognizing it, right? Yeah. And I, I, I respect that so much more because sometimes that just happens in sports. Sometimes we get on the radio, we have to, we have to fill a couple hours every day. So sometimes there's like a larger conversation that that is to be had. But realistically, in sports, like some days, like if you've ever gone out and shot baskets, you've just gone out and played basketball just by yourself. Some days your shot goes in, sometimes it doesn't. Like that's just sometimes you lose, sometimes you don't. But the fact that Fox can go up there and he didn't just go, well, it's just another L. Like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. He can go, yeah, they just beat us. They it's just 182. Us. Yeah. They're just they were better than us tonight. It's like, well, good. Like at least, okay, that's that recognition to me is a positive. Well, that and I think that that's part of the reason why I walk away from that game kind of feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to I, okay, so 
if you go up against a shorthanded team and it looks the entire game like you didn't take things serious and you're losing the game, not that they're going to beat you, but that you're losing the game, mm-hmm. that's one thing. I didn't walk out of that game feeling that way. I felt like the Kings played like a team on the second night of a back-to-back. They had a moment in the third quarter where you could see them all of a sudden they're moving in mud and they're turning the ball over. And I even, I was sitting next to Matt George and I said, if they turn the ball over like three or four times in the first five minutes, they're shot. And sure enough, that's what happened. They started turning the ball over in the early third quarter. And that's when you could see that the, that they were running out of gas. Now Mm -hmm. you could say there's no excuse. Well, there is an excuse there. There's a reason it's not an excuse. You played the night before in L.A., very emotional game. You beat a team that's been like a thorn in your side. You get into this game, and sure, they're lacking a bunch of players, but they came out physical and punched and punched and punched. This was not a you walked in, you didn't take someone serious, and you got beat. But that's but but I think that's that's the problem, though, is <laughs> you say the, the Heat came out and they punched and punched and punched. Well, the the Kings being on a back-to-back, that's not the reason they didn't punch back. We've seen them not do that a bunch of times. Yeah. That's why I can't I I can't get to we saw them go in on a back-to-back in Denver and win in Denver. Like it's there, they just didn't do it last night. Yeah. I I just think that like every game is different. Every game has a life of its own. Yeah. And I, sure. I also will tell you that Denver didn't come out and punch and punch and punch. Sure. Miami did. So you played a different team and I get that they have the MVP and, mm-hmm. you know, or a two-time MVP and, you know, a guy who's who's pacing to, to potentially win another. Mm-hmm. But like the Miami Heat just came out and played a different style of basketball and, and they beat you. They played better than you. And mm-hmm. I, like I had some appreciation for the way that they handled it. And when it came up oh, like, yeah. well, you guys this season have had this tendency to lose against teams. Like there wasn't a hyper-focus on that. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to disrespect the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat came in here with a game plan. They fought. They we we made a run. We almost caught them. Mm-hmm. The entire the entire Heat ethos last year on their run to the finals, by the way. Yeah. Was look at all the undrafted dudes. Look at all these guys nobody's ever heard of. Like that's what they do. Like they were they they I I probably underestimated them yesterday. They're a team of self-made men. Mm-hmm. that's what it is. Like in the NBA, there are guys that figure it out. Like, Hey, I, I was in the locker room last night, pregame and nice, dude. Mason Jones, Mason Jones <laughs> is sitting there and, uh, is he just fired up? Well, yeah, maybe, but, uh, but Jason Anderson clearly is writing a story about Mason Jones. Um, and, uh, Sean Cunningham wanted to get some footage of Mason Jones. Um, I, on the other hand, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like I'm, there's very little time where I'm going to write about somebody who hasn't played a minute for the Sacramento Kings. Right. That's not your angle. That's, that's not my angle. And I, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is fine. But I wanted to go over because I don't know Basin and I'm like, I'll go over and I'll listen. I had my mic out, uh, my phone and I was recording audio, but I didn't record video because it wasn't me asking questions. And I, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like to do that. Sure. So. I was sitting there and I'm listening and Mason Jones says like, look, I, I think, you know, this time around I'm different. I, I got too full of myself. You know, I, I, I started to have some success 
and I started to believe in that success too much and I started to become a bad teammate. And he's like, I don't think I did anything like blatantly wrong, but I also didn't do things right. He's like, so I get bounced from the league. I go to Europe and I think he was playing in, uh, in Turkey. And he's like, I learned very quickly what it is to be a good teammate again. Hmm. And it, it reset me. And when I, Decided to come back. It was going to like back to the States, go back to the G League pool mm-hmm. and try to work my way back into the league. It was with this new understanding that I was not going to be that guy. I'm going to be a, a, a guy who's cheering on my teammates. I'm going to be the best teammate possible because I got away from that. And that was a huge mistake. And that's where I, I kind of get to the heat. The heat does this all the time where they find these guys that they flamed out in college or flamed out like in a first try in the NBA mm-hmm. and they bring them into their system and they nurture them and they figure out what it is that went wrong the first time and how do you get them better the second time around? How do you, how do you give them an opportunity that they can embrace and succeed in? And it's so rare in the league because there are so many teams that don't understand it. We're going to watch, well, you can look at the Detroit Pistons right now, just write all their names down of every, every player that's in the uh, top 10 pick. How many of those guys are going to flame out completely in the NBA? And it's because they don't have the system in place to support a young player like that. Yeah. And Miami just finds a way. They they go out, they find these guys, they, they put them in a situation to succeed. They tell them, this is how you get on the court and this is how you stay on the court. And it's brilliant. The Kings need to figure that out. Other teams need to figure it out. It's really tough to figure out, though, when your your head coach is in his second full season running the team. Mm. That's typically not when you have a system in place. And yeah. even Mike Brown was asked about, oh, you know, like the heat culture. Like how do you how do you develop the heat culture? It's like, well, you can't we're not the heat. Mm-hmm. I've I've got to create my own culture here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's what where the Kings that's why staying with a coach, staying the course. Like, yes, that's why I keep saying like this off season is really important. This, this final stretch here is really important for the development of everybody. Like yeah. you got to have a hundred percent buy-in every single, every single season. Yep. And that is exactly what we, we see from the Miami heat. Every yeah. season is a, is a new group of 15 guys, a hundred percent bought in. <laughs> the heat just to drive your point home here. The heat had more players play last night who were undrafted than drafted. Mm. They played nine guys last night, five of them undrafted. Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Haywood Highsmith, Cole Swider, and Alondas Williams. Yeah. All undrafted. Kevin Love, fifth pick, but he's 35 now. Yep, 35. Jaime Jaquez, 18th. 18th. Bam Adebayo, 14th. DeLon Wright, 20th. That, that was their team last night. Yeah. And man, that's, you know, th- this is not, this is not saying, and I, I know you're not saying this, and this is that the Kings need to go find five undrafted guys who can contribute this year or next year. Like that's not, or I guess this offseason contribute for next year. That's not what this is. But the goal would certainly be to build out a culture and a team and an environment where a guy like Kessler Edwards maybe comes in and has more of a regular role and regular success right away. Like that's not like I said the the Kings are not there yet because Mike Brown's in his second year with the team, 
but that's definitely I think when you when you talk about what is this team supposed to look like or what's a, a good strategy of, of putting a team together moving forward, the Heat have unlocked something. And I don't think I don't know if any team will ever be that good at it. Having two guys in your starting lineup who are undrafted and playing well is hard to do at all. But if you can find one guy like that and then one late first round pick who can contribute, like that that changes a lot. No, I totally agree, and I would point to not Kessler Edwards, who was who was drafted in the second round, but mm-hmm. I'd point to Keon Ellis. Oh. Like Keon Ellis plays in a a different way than everybody else. Yeah, like Good when point. Keon Ellis is on the court, you feel that he is he's giving everything he has because he is very much under the understanding that if he doesn't, he's not going to be in the league much longer. And there's something about players like that who who work their way into the league, who fight their way into the league. Mm-hmm. You know, I always Garrett Temple is the guy that always came to mind, who you know played in Europe, played all over the place. PJ Tucker played in Italy. You know, these guys that have a new appreciation for what it is to be in the league. And you talk about they have what two guys that are? Do they even have a lottery pick that's starting? Who's and, that? Like the 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 Heat. I don't think they did have a lottery pick, right? Um, Hawkes is eighteenth uh, pick. No, That's, excuse me, Bam, fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, so he's the the last pick of the lottery. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, De'Aaron Fox, fifth pick. Yep. Uh, Keegan Murray, fourth pick. Harrison Barnes, seventh pick mm-hmm. or eighth pick. Uh, Demonis Sabonis. Barnes is seven. Ten. Uh, Malik Monk, thirteen. Kevin Herter's what sixteen? Uh, Domas eleven, just eleven, there. eleven. Yeah, but yep, still in that range. Yeah. So, and that's just like most teams are built that way. Mm-hmm. They're built around star level players, yeah. guys who are mm-hmm. high draft picks. That's just not the personality of of the Miami Heat. So, somebody and you you mentioned this at, at one of the breaks. Um, the handoff with Delo coming up shortly. Scout recycler in the chatty houses. Inconsistency comes from a lack of accountability. What's the accountability? What are we looking for? Yeah, just we can't just yell accountability and act like it's like accountability. That's what I. That is exactly what I did. Yeah. I was declaring yelling, accountability. Yes. I declare accountability. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Damien. That is exactly what I did during the break. Um, like, look, you can't just, I don't think that this team is, has a, a huge lack of accountability or there's an accountability issue. I just don't think that they, they have a, what is it like that? They don't know who they are. No, it's just a lack of, of tenacity and dog. We talked about this earlier. Like that's kind of what it comes down to me, to, to me. Yeah, but I it's mean, the handoff. This D-Lo from D-Lo and Casey. Last season, now. this team had a a clear, clear identity, and I don't see an identity. I we're fifty something games in, and you can say, well, they might not ever. I, I don't think they will. They don't have an identity to base where I know exactly what the Miami Heat. I don't care who's playing. I know what their identity is. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the Kings' identity is yet. They have the Miami Heat have people and a a a culture and whether it's coaches or players or whatever where if you if you 
aren't playing hard or if you're half-assing something, there are players who are going to get on you and being like, that's not the way we do it. This is the way we do it. The Kings just don't have that player. You want accountability from who? Yeah. From who? Yeah, I, I don't know that it's fair to start comparing the Sacramento Kings and the Miami Heat, though. No, it's saying, not. Right. Like, why don't the Sacramento Kings have the type of culture that the Miami That's not what has? I'm saying. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. So what? What like what? So so what you're saying is the lack of like identity creates issues like what we saw last night. I don't even know if it's last night. It or that we've seen through throughout the, this season. Yeah, the Detroit loss, the Charlotte loss, the and last night's season. not a Detroit Charlotte. No, Portland last night they just got. It, it's not either. No, it's okay. not. No, no, they okay. just got beat. But I still don't know that they have. It it feels like it's a game they should have won. Like yes, regardless definitely. of yes, how tough definitely. Miami is, how great yeah. Eric Spolster is, when you're missing seven guys, five rotational players, two starters, you've got to find a way to win that game. Like yeah. you were up double digits on them early, you put them away, and they they couldn't. And I like I get the frustration with that, but to your point, James, this is who the Kings have been this season, and that's why we talk about the difficulties of what these next you know 26 games are going to look like. Because this is what it's like. We're going to have the extreme highs of the Clippers. Like people calling yesterday talking about winning the conference. And why can't they do Why not this? And why not that? To now all of a sudden the team is a fraud because they couldn't beat the Miami Heat. Like it's going to be extremely high and extremely low the rest of the season. Because they don't have an identity. And... They're just kind of stuck in this weird, like, purgatory where I just want them to make the playoffs. And I just want them to make the playoffs just for, like, the psychological standpoint and that stupid-ass draft pick. Just get that done with. Yes. And then this offseason, Monty McNair has a lot of work to do. But they've got to get to the playoffs. Here's kind of my point. Even if you have to win a playing game. Hey, I don't want to do the shows this summer if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm quitting if they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> no, you're not. Your resignation is declined. <laughs> okay, so here's my point. My point is this. When the chips are down and you're missing players and everything is falling apart and you got suspended players and injured players and everything else, who are you? Mm-hmm. And what we saw last night is when that is the case for the Miami Heat, this is who they are. This is it. They are mm-hmm. gritty. They're going to punch you in the face. Win or lose, they're going to win or lose the same exact way. It's just whether or not they got beat. With the Sacramento Kings, I'm still wondering, who are you? When when everything goes wrong, who are you? Let me ask you something, since we, we don't get to talk to you today. Do you think the Kings played bad yesterday? I don't. That's the killer to me. They really didn't play bad. No. That stretch in the third quarter was... It just happened. Incredible. Yes. Just incredible. It was mm-hmm. just... A, and, it, and and I know De'Aaron's press conferences get a lot of eye rolls from Kings fans, but I think... I don't remember who asked him, James, about you know the, the third and the fourth quarter, but it was like... <laughs> The third quarter, we couldn't hit any. Like we were trying, we couldn't hit a shot. No, like, it happens. Nothing sometimes. dropped. Then the fourth quarter, Keegan hits back to back threes, and all of a sudden, it feels like the Kings are playing incredible. When the only difference is Keegan's shots it. dropped. He said it. It was Herder, Keegan, Keegan, and Fox said that exact. The only difference 
is that we hit three threes in a row and we had nine points in a row and nine zero run. Boom. Yeah. I feel like they generated some turnovers in the in the fourth quarter as well during well, that run. So that was that was you know we, Kenny and I do this all of the time. Like like did you feel like the Kings were going to win? It felt like the twenty to ten when they were down twenty and that rush where the crowd mm-hmm. just went nuts yeah. to get to ten. That felt like oh my god. Everything else kind of felt like the flow of the game. So yeah. once they came out of that timeout, I was like, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like they have it. It's like they have to score on every possession. Yes, they literally had to be perfect the final twelve minutes to win that game, and they were perfect for about six, and then it got into a game where they just didn't. The takeaway. The takeaway for me last night is is not the the micro of of last night's game, the forty eight minutes of last night's game. It is zooming out. And watching the way the Heat just approach it, not asking the Kings to have the Heat culture or the Heat's legacy or whatever whatever it is, mm-hmm. I'm not asking for that. That would be insane. But it was the way the the Heat approached last night's game, and the I keep coming back to dog because that's the only kind of uh, uh, adjective yes. I have for yeah. it. But like they came out and they were just like, nope, we are pulling you down in the mud and we're going to figure out a way to win this game. We're going to grit. We're going to grind. That's a Grizzlies thing, I guess. But we're just going to muck it up and we're going to to start swinging. Our backs may be against the wall. We may be shorthanded, but we're going to swing no matter what. I don't think the Kings have that same attitude. And watching the Heat come out with that kind of force in last night's game, it's like, oh, that's what the Kings are missing. They just don't have dudes who will go do that. I get you. I'm going to say this. That's what popped out. In the final seconds of that game, though, don't laugh at me. The, the thing no, that was no, different okay. to me was that they were so, it's so ingrained that we fight, we fight. They they gave it all back, right? They had this huge league. They gave it all back, but mm-hmm. it's like, who are we? And that's when you get these incredible backbreaking shots. The Bam Adebayo shot oh. at the, those, at the, and ridiculous. Jaime Hawkes had the same thing. Like these incredible backbreaking shots, that's where the culture comes in that we are going to will ourselves. Whatever it takes, we're going to will ourselves. And the Kings just don't have that switch yet. And it's like they don't have that to fall back on, the culture to fall back on. I I agree. I I think there's something about a team that's facing adversity. We'll talk about like Miami's won four in a row also. Like they're playing good ball. They're equal in the standings. It doesn't matter who's playing. They're equal in the standings. Right. And like, hey, we're, hey, Hey, we got into this scuffle. You know, we're down, guys. We've got to be hyper focused for this game. I think there's a there's like a there's a certain PED element to that, like a, a performance enhancing drug to that. Like, hey, lift. We have to lift ourselves up for this one game, yep. right? We mm-hmm. see it sometimes, like when De'Aaron is out, and, and it doesn't happen a lot, thankfully, because those guys don't miss it a ton of time. De'Aaron is out. Domas never misses games, but we always try. To, how did, where does the playmaking come from? Where does this come from? And you see the Kings execute in a way that they don't when everyone's available. There's there's just something to that. It's like when I one agree. of us are out, right? The other person's got to step up. Jesse's got to step up. Kyle's got to step up. Whatever it may be, it's it's just kind of this, hey, guys, we got to do this for one day. This is what we have to and do. And those moments make us all better. Mm-hmm. And that's where maybe not missing games isn't the easiest thing. Mm. Maybe not having to rely on someone else to do something yeah. hurts his team. Yeah. It's because it's all dogs in here. We are all dogs. Exactly. We are dogs. All right. Dylan and Casey coming up next. Uh, they're hanging with you till 4 on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Center.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.